request we want to bring before the Lord this evening, as we always do, and uh, I appreciate everyone's prayers for uh, for Gabriel and his family, particularly for their patience and peace as they have to deal with all the emotional stuff that goes along with it, but uh, we made good progress. So if we'll stand, I'm going to read a few verses from Psalm 31, and uh, <clears throat> I think the Lord led me to one that uh, kind of speaks to my heart tonight. Starting in verse 19, it says this. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have done for those seeking refuge in you before people. For you will hide them in the secret of your presence. You will hide them from conspirators, and you will keep them securely and secretly in a shelter from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown me his marvelous loving kindness in a fortified city. For I've said in my haste, I am cut off from before my eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications when I cried to you. Oh, love the Lord, all you his saints, for the Lord preserves his faithful, but amply repays the one who acts in pride. Be strong, and he will strengthen your heart all of you who wait upon the Lord. Let us go to our God tonight. Father, we worship you. We thank you for your love and your kindness and your faithfulness. We thank you for the blood of Jesus and for the presence of your spirit in us and with us tonight. For you are a faithful God. We just lift our voice in thanksgiving and praise and honor and glory to your name. We thank you for your love the unending love that you've given us through your son, Jesus. Father, as we lift up those tonight that need you, they need you to calm them down. They need you to strengthen their heart. They need you to complete the work in them that you've begun. They need you to heal their bodies, Lord. They need you to give them strength in their spirit and in their soul that they would not grow weary, Lord, but that we would run to you in a time of trouble but we would find peace and joy and strength in your presence as we come into your house tonight. For we praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
Just can't help but think of the tree that Jesus hung on. Last Wednesday, we, we studied about trees in Genesis, and there was a tree of destruction that when they partook of that tree, they were separated from God. But when we partake of the tree that Jesus hung on, we partake of life, and we just walk with him forever. So we're just thankful for the cross. We're thankful for his obedience to become sin so we could know him and be with him forever. So as we come with a grateful heart, we ask our ushers if they come forward to receive our offering for the evening. Brother Roy, would you pray over the offering for us, please?
So at this time, we're going to let our children go to Kids Zone, I guess that's what we call it. This time we're ready to hear the word. Pastor, come. Woo! Y'all came back. I was worried. <laughs> Preach pretty hard this morning. <laughs> Y'all are gluttons to punish me, aren't you? Come on. You know, it's discipline that we're looking for, amen? We want God to make promises like meets rent, but it's never ending. We need, we need God to work on us until the day we see him, right? And I'm looking forward to that day. Amen? Uh, it's going to be a great day. So a couple of things. Uh, I know that Nick mentioned this morning. I didn't. Hey, uh, just as a reminder to everyone here in the watching live stream this is a uh, yep if you're watching live stream this is a reminder to you also uh there's a children's program called love of god that's going to take place here on the 14th at 6 p.m p.m we'd love to have you come if you're wondering if we're trying to do a new design in behind me back here <laughs> I, I mean you know try to put some subtle colors back in behind me you know and try to try, try, Put a little, you know, some, some trees with some fruit on it. None of that was my idea. None of that was my idea. That's all stuff that's a part of the program. It's all going to probably disappear, sadly, but it's going to disappear after the program. So you need to be here. I uh, need to be a part of that. We're going to have fellowship following. So be, be aware of that. Be made, made known of that. We, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time. Amen. Uh, the reason it got postponed is just because of sickness around Christmas time. So we don't, we, the sickness is not going to be victorious in this church. Amen. Amen. So it's not going to stop uh, the, what God wants to do and do to our children, youth, adults, across the board. Uh, we'll work with it, work around it, and work through it or work over it, whatever we got to do to get, get, get the message of the gospel out. So that's what this is about. Do what? Whatever it takes, brother. So, um, also, I want to mention, just promote, uh, you guys, most of y'all were here, uh, but uh, we're, we're, we're doing some stuff with our music. Uh, we're trying to upgrade a few things. We got a new keyboard, uh, and I say we, the board made the decision. It's not my call. I'm just an interim here. I get to preach. But, uh, and y'all had to live with it. <laughs> So, but the keyboard has already been replaced. There's some need for a, uh, some stuff with our drums and the mics. And so we're doing an offering. If you can give toward that, 
uh, over the next two weeks. We're taking it. If you're giving by check, you're giving online, if you're giving in any form of cash in an envelope, write music or music department or write something to let us know, hey, we want, I want this to go towards the, the, the designated need of the music that we're presenting. And how many of y'all enjoy and know God's working through our music department? Amen. So, praise God. Uh, very thankful for uh, all that Barry and the team bring to the table and uh, their heart, his heart. I told the board the other night uh, in discussion with them about uh, some of this, and I just said, man, he's a gift. You just don't know. Uh, Barry's heart to to follow the lead of the Spirit is uh, unmatched. I mean, it's there's there may be equals, but there ain't nothing better. So, uh, so we're very thankful for him and what he presents. Uh, in the church and to the church in way of ministry and leadership. Because, look, here's the bottom line. You know what worship is? It's your chance to really lean in and really get into the presence so that I can really wear you out. I had a girl tell me one time in the church, I pastored uh, prior to this one. Uh, she said, Brother David, I turn my TV on on Sunday mornings, and I get, go to this one particular channel, and this guy, he preaches so positive, and he gets me built up so high, and I come here, and you bring me right back down to the reality of who I am and what I need to be doing. I say, well, what can I say? Praise God. Amen? Amen. So, that leads into, no, no. No, it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, we're going to talk about prayer. Look, I can't, I can't preach about the will of God and then at the end of the preaching say, hey, let's pray. Let's all lean in. Let's do what we're supposed to be doing uh, without addressing this idea. So, I, And here's the idea. I sort of have the idea. And I sort of, I, Amy said, you got, you, you, you got verses. She's very kind. And she waits until like 5.50 to contact me and say that. And I send back either, uh, you know, yes, I do, and I rush them to her. Or like tonight, I said, too many to send. Big smiling face, laughing face, too many to send. So I got too many to send tonight. Uh, I have, I, you're going to have to just write them down and go find them, okay? They're not going to be on the screen. We're just, I got too many to send because I'm going to talk about prayer. This key right here. Matter of fact, let's see if we can get some help right here. Riley, help me out. What does that key say on it? Can you read that? Can you see that? You can? Can you read that? Can you say what that says? See, nobody can read but don't get your glasses out. I'm not going to try another one, Chris. It says signature home. And so it's a key that I have with my work that I do work for this company. And they, I do cleans on their model homes. And this is a master key. All right. And I, so I, I say that because I want you to understand um, it, it gives me access to a lot of places. I don't have to have all kinds of keys. And what I want you to understand tonight is the Holy Spirit is a master key to your prayers. The Holy Spirit is a master key that unlocks all of the prayer that you need to, to, to press into, lean into, practice, accomplish, whatever you want to say in your life. And so I say it like that 
because I believe it unlocks all prayer. I believe the Holy Spirit's call and purpose is, is, to, is partly, and if I were to categorize the most prioritized part for his activity in our life is to unlock all prayer in us. Now, now Paul, so I'll say this about Paul. I'm going to give you several verses. I'm going to give you two points, and then I'm going to give you about three points, and then we'll get to a close. Uh, Paul, probably the greatest human ex uh, ex exponent and example, I guess you could say, of, 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 uh, of the exercise of prayer. Paul being the guy I look to and point to and say, dude, this, knew how, this guy knew how to pray. Because, I mean, he had, he, he had figured something out. Something was happening in him. He knew what it was. He, he was an example. He, 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 he set a model to us. Confess this, okay? He confessed this in Romans 8. We don't know what God wants us to pray for. Matter of fact, if you were to go to Scripture, you'd see it in Romans 8, 26 through 28. I'm going to get to it in a second. But, but how many of you, who's been there and done that before in your prayer life? Amen? I didn't know what to pray for. There's, there's times when I'm just totally locked down in my ability to think about or plan what I really need to focus on in my prayer time. And so, I, you know, what I do with that? How do I manage that? I mean, I, I, you know, you've been working and you drive in. Wednesday nights, a difficult night to press in for prayer. You know why? Because we've been, our, we've been all over the place in that day. And if we're expected to come in here and for 30 minutes pour our soul out to God and pray the will of God for those that have need. Whew. That's beyond me humanly. So I, I, I'm just saying... It, we've all been there, right? We've all been in that moment where we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But then Paul makes this statement. He adds this. So Romans 8, 26 through 28, read this way. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Okay, so admittedly, Paul says, when it comes down to prayer, we find ourselves weak at times. Amen? Not sure what to pray. Because in the next statement, he says, he says, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. So, so admittedly, we are no better than Paul, and Paul himself admits, hey, I got this weakness because there's days and there's times, there's moments, I don't know what to pray for. But then suddenly he makes this statement. He says, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Amazingly. We're thinking about talking about the will of God. As I was sort of thinking about what I was going to preach tonight, I had a different message. I had a different thought, and it was, it was actually after church, and I was sitting, and I had thoughts about this evening running through my mind, and I, I, I felt like the Lord laid this thought on me and these verses on me to place to pull together to sort of encourage you tonight and to, to try to help you to see that God wants to help you. And he's done that through the Holy Spirit. It's not something that you have to wait on. It's here. It's now. Uh, he makes this statement. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything. We all know this verse. God causes everything to work together for those for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So, oh, we love Romans 8, 28. But we need to back up to Romans 8, 26, and 27 to understand why it all works together, right? It's because of the activity of the Holy Spirit in our life when it comes down to prayer. 
Now, so we, we may master the technique of prayer and understand its philosophy. We may have unlimited confidence in the veracity and the validity of the promises of God concerning prayer. Uh, we may plead earnestly and, and have, a, ha, have what it would seem to be in a very effective prayer life and prayer practice. But if we ignore the part played by the Holy Spirit, we fail to use master keys. We're getting, up, we're getting to doors that we can't enter into. We don't know what we're supposed to do with that door. We don't have the code. We don't have the key. We don't understand. We don't, we don't know what to pray in that moment. The Paul admitted that, and he said that. So, so I say that to say his assistance in prayer, and this, you can search this and find this in Scripture, the Holy Spirit's assistance in prayer is, is more frequently mentioned in Scripture than any other office the Holy Spirit serves us with. The Holy Spirit's assistance in prayer, assisting humanity in prayer, men and women in prayer, is more frequently mentioned in Scripture than any other office that he serves in. He wants to help us pray. I mean, it's abundantly evident that he wants to work in and through us through prayer. Matter of fact, all true praying stems from his activity in the soul of a man or a woman. All true prayer really stems from him stirring something in us. You don't, and I said that this morning. I said that this morning. Remember when we were getting ready to leave, I said, look, you don't just think about somebody pray for them because you're a good person and you love them. I mean, you're good people and you love them, but you understand when something comes up from within our soul, it's something because you belong to the Holy, because belong to God, you're a believer, and you've got the fullness of the Holy Spirit living in you, he brings that to you. His job is to bring it to you. His job is to help you to know what to pray, who to pray for. And so he brings that to you. And when that happens, I told you this morning, pray. Take time to pray. So, so all true praying stems from his activity, the Holy Spirit's activity in the soul of a man. Both Paul and Jude teach that effective prayer is praying in the Spirit. I'm going to give it to you. Ephesians 6, 18, if you're writing. Ephesians 6, 18, it says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. True prayer rises in the spirit of the Christian from the Spirit who indwells him. There it is. So true prayer rises in the spirit of a Christian from the spirit who indwells him. So it's coming from your soul. It's, I mean, your spirit brings that to life to you. Don't worry about, well, should I, should I pray for Johnny? If you thought about Johnny and thought you need to pray for him, guess you pray for Johnny. You get it? You understand? But well, I, I know somebody I've been thinking about a lot that I think, I, I don't even know why I'm thinking that I need to just be covering, it, covering them in prayer because uh, I feel like they're in danger. Well, that's because the Holy Spirit's letting you know that they're in danger. He knows what you don't know. And he's telling you how to pray. So, so, so Jude makes this statement, 1, 20, and 21. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. How do we keep ourselves safe in God's love? A few things right here. First, build each other up in your most holy faith. Do what we do right now. Gather, get the word out, worship God, and dig in. Right? 
Second, do what? Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. What's the third thing? Await for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Await. Await there really means to be like this. I know, I know you're coming. I'm ready. I'm awaiting. Amen. Amen. I'm ready. I'm waiting. Here we go. Here we go. Any day now. I mean, everything's been fulfilled. I'm ready. I don't know when it's going to be. No man. Hey, but it, await. Await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then look what it says. Who will bring you eternal life. I mean, he's, he's bringing it. He's bringing it. Amen. So, let me get to a couple of thoughts here. Praying in the Spirit. So, we're going to talk about the prayer's life, the prayer language, just the prayer, the Spirit's activity in our prayer. Prayer, praying in the Spirit. So, I'm going to use that phrase, praying in the Spirit, because it's a scriptural term, has a dual significance for us, okay? If we're going to talk about prayer, we've got to take that statement and break it down into two significant ideas or thoughts that come from it, okay? The first one is this. First, praying in the Spirit means praying in the realm of. So, it's like when he says, Praying in the Spirit, he's saying praying in the realm of the Spirit. Uh, because the Holy Spirit, if I were to describe the Holy Spirit to you, the best way I could describe him to you is this. He's the Spirit and the atmosphere in the Spirit. So he indwells and ha I'm, uh, he's filled me. So he's the sphere and he's the atmosphere inside of that. So what I mean by that is whenever I pray in the Spirit, I'm praying in the realm of who he is and what he wants. I, I mean, I'm breathing in his air when I'm praying in the Spirit. I'm, 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 I'm expressing and, and communicating his understanding of what the Father's will is for that situation. So he's the sphere and the atmosphere. So that's sort of strange, but it's one of the best ways I've ever explained it and ever heard it explained because the Holy Spirit... Uh, one writer says this, the type of praying spoken of in this phrase utilizes the body, demands the cooperation of the mind, but moves, the supernatural moves in the supernatural realm of the spirit. That's way too far from me. So I thought about that and I sort of rethought it. Here it is. You ready? We're talking about prayer that transacts business in the heavenly realm. Is that, a, is that okay to say it? Look, prayer that transacts business in the heavenly realm, in the, in the spirit realm. So I don't know what to pray, but he knows because he's there. And so he prays through me, the will of the Father, the Scripture says. So I'm transacting business in the heavenly realm. Also, we recognize this. We're talking about prayer that affects the things that aren't seen as though they are seen. That's faith. That's what faith is, right? Faith, faith is. Evidence, things not, hope, how does it say? I'm just going to be blank as I can be on Hebrews 11 right now. Help me out. Hebrews 11, 2. It's the, it's the, say it out loud. Substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Scream it out. No, no, I'm just kidding. That's outside. That's, that's it or either really close to it. The whole idea is this. Look. Look. I like it. Look, here's the whole thing. Break it up over there. <laughs> I know. She'll turn around and talk to you if you don't want to. Here's the whole thing. It's like, it's like when I pray, I have to believe. I have to believe. And so there's a faith element in it. And so whenever my faith's enacted in my prayer, I'm praying about things that I haven't seen yet as though they are. So I, I, Lord, 
I want Johnny to know that you're God. I want Johnny to understand your presence. I want Johnny. And so we, you, I'm picking on Johnny tonight, by the way, but whoever Johnny is, I just threw a name out there. But the whole idea is, is that we press in and press in to accomplish something that we don't see because we know God does see it and his spirit reveals it to us. So praying means praying in the realm of the spirit. Praying in the spirit also, second, means praying in the power of the, of the spirit, the power and the energy of the spirit, I've heard it explained. So the whole idea here is I don't want to get outside of what the spirit's activity is, so I'm going to give you Ephesians 6, 18. It's all I know to do. I'm going to give you a verse. Ephesians 6, 18 says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. So is there a limited time by which we would pray in the spirit? No, huh? there's no limited time. It's on all occasions, on every occasion. We've got to be willing to let the spirit pray through us because Ephesians 6, 18 also makes this statement. This is a different translation, but it says this. It's in the New English translation. It says, give yourselves wholly to prayer and entreaty. Pray on every occasion in the power of the spirit. So, so when we see pray in the spirit at all uh, times and on every occasion, we could add pray in the power of the Spirit and still be effective in our thought. Praying in the Spirit is to pray in the power and the energy of the Spirit, to let the Spirit pray through us. That's, I mean, look, I don't care what anybody says about their belief about the baptism or the activity of the Holy Spirit within our life. The Scripture is very clear. It's a present-day offering to each and every one of us. Why would we turn down the power of the Spirit? Why would we reject a promise that God gave the first church as if it was just for them? We're living Acts 29 right now, according to all understanding. We are in the last chapter of Acts. We are writing the last chapter. We are writing the last chapter of the church. And we need to be the people who are the most solidly believing and understanding within what the Spirit's role is in our life. And that one of the primary activities of the Spirit is to help us and assist us and empower us in our prayer. So, prayer demands more than human power. God saw that. He saw that and, and, and supplied what we know as the comforter, the Holy Spirit, to direct and assist us in our prayers. Hum Matter of fact, human energy, there's nothing wrong with human energy. Uh, a human energy of heart, mind, will, there's nothing wrong with those things. It's just they can only accomplish human stuff. Right? Agreed? So praying in the Spirit releases supernatural resources. That's why we pray in the Spirit. That's why we allow the Spirit of God to pray through us. That's why I confess, I confess, I say it, I tell y'all, I say it even online. I, when we're here on Wednesday nights praying, I pray more in the Spirit than I do any of you. Because look, I don't know what to pray most of the time. Better yet, I know what I could pray, but I'd rather pray what he wants to pray. That's where the supernatural resources are at. Okay? Um, so, Another way to see the role of the Holy Spirit in our life is the, the Holy Spirit is our ally. I'm, I like that. He's our ally. He's on my side. That's good news, right? I believe there's um, um, a need to really understand. I, 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 believe, I, believe, I believe it's the Spirit's delight to aid us in prayer. I believe he loves to aid us. 
I, I, matter of fact, I don't, I don't hardly have a time when I start thinking about praying that I don't feel like the spirit wells up and I, I, I have, I'm, I'm moved to pray in the spirit. I, hardly ever. And that's not, I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying this is just my experience. This is my experience. This, is, this can be anybody's experience because the spirit wants to pray through us, the will of the Father. He wants to pray in us and through us. Uh, so, so let's admit this. Let's see if we can. We all need help knowing what and how to pray. Amen. We all, we all need help. I, I need help. I, I mean, I'd be the first. Most days, that's any time I get on my face, any time I'm walking around. I, I'll need it this Wednesday night. I'll need it tomorrow morning. I'll need help. I'll need help. I'll need help. I'll pray, but I mean, I can always use help. Amen. Um, that's why it's the number one role, I think, of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I know he's come to teach us all things, and the scripture makes that clear, and we'll mention that in a minute. But the, the reality is he, he's repeatedly mentioned as our helper when it comes to prayer. So that said, I'm going to give you three handicaps that we have. Okay? Because I think... Y'all know me long enough and been around me long enough in my preaching to know that I'm going to dig into us a little bit where that he can pour into us, amen? So we're going to throw some stuff out so that he can pour some stuff in, okay? We're going to make a little room right here. So these are handicaps that we all face in our prayer lives, I believe, and, 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 and I believe we can count on the Holy Spirit's assistance in these areas, okay? So the first one is this, the first handicap, I call it a handicap, whatever you want to call it. It's the best word I can come up with because it's a handicap, I mean... Uh, it's just, I'm, I'm a little limited in this area, I guess you could say. So uh, here's where I'm limited. Sometimes my prayer is hindered by my conscious iniquity in my heart. So my prayer can be hindered by my being aware of my who I am. <laughs> okay? So when I say conscious iniquity of my heart, I'm talking about things I know about myself that makes it, when I start pressing, go, Lord, why would you even listen to me? And I know it's under the blood. I know all that stuff. I understand that. I hear you. But I'm just saying, I think it's a handicap for us. As humans, it's hard to forget how bad we are at times. It's hard to forget just how limited we are. And so, 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 David understood the iniquity of the heart and the impact that it has on our prayers. David had sinned. He committed lust, adultery, murder, and lies. So he just sort of stacked a bunch of stuff right on top of each other in his personal life. And, 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 and literally, David didn't have a leg to stand on in the presence of God. I mean, let's just admit that. David, David, David couldn't come into the presence of God and feel good about where he was at at this moment. Uh, and so, so he, he literally, he had failed God by not doing what kings do in the spring of the year, which was go to battle with your men. That's, it, there was more than that, but it stemmed out of when you open up the scripture and you begin to read David's story. In this moment, at the opening of this chapter, it says, when all the rest of the kings were going out in the spring of the year to do battle, David stayed home. Hello, he needed that knock in the back of the hand, Right? But it didn't work. He done got so hard-headed, he wasn't listening. Yet from his failures, so let's talk about this. 
we get one of the most powerful prayers in the Psalms. And, and, and one of the most genuine admissions of the Holy Spirit's activity in us, okay? So here we go. I'm going to read Psalm 51 to you. I just want you to listen to it. Think about it as a, understand, David's trying to communicate the struggle in him over his iniquity in the presence of God and get into a place that he can pray and not be handicapped or limited by that. So here he goes. Have mercy on me, O God, because of, my, of your unfailing love. So what does he do first? First thing that he has to come to terms with is God hadn't changed, he had. So when you get ready to pray, one of the first things you ought to do is remember and remind yourself, you know what, God, you hadn't changed. I, I, I got this stuff going on in me, but you hadn't changed. Nothing's changed about you. He says, because of your great compassion, blot out the stains of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I, re, I, I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. One of the first things that you'll notice about the prodigal in the, in the New Testament when he returns home, the thing that made it possible for him to return to the Father and the Father to reunite with him is his admission, look, I've sinned against, I've sinned against heaven and against you. He understood the impact of the iniquity in his life. First and foremost, that our iniquity is against God. It's not against one another. It, what we have against one another is because of what we have between us and God. And so David understood that. David cries out, makes this cry, for my rebellion haunts me. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I've done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just, for I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the, from the womb, teaching me wisdom. Even there, purify me from my sins, and I'll be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. So, so, so. One of the things about, the about this idea right here where we're talking about this, this being hindered by the iniquity of our heart, by the consciousness, this conscious iniquity of our heart, it's not like David didn't understand what was going on. He knew. We know. Amen? We know what's limiting our prayers. We know whether or not we're in right standing with God or not. We know whether or not there's something deep in us. Amen? And so David right here, Gets to this point that he says, restore, restore. He's looking, give me back my joy again, verse 8. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. It, look, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay to understand, to come to the admission of, God, you love me enough that you will correct me, discipline me, break me. I mean, he loves us that much. And so David understands this, and so he presses in. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Because he knew the reason he was aware was because of the Holy Spirit. He knew the only way that he'd make it is if the Holy Spirit stayed and resided deep in him and made him aware of who he was and who God was. Restore me the joy of my salvation and make me willing to obey you. 
Then I'll teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a, bro- reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. So what do we do? What do we do whenever we, we're in this spot where that our handicap is, is the awareness or the consciousness of the iniquity of our heart? Trust him. It's what David did. He trusted that God didn't change, that God, God hadn't changed. That's God, God's forgiveness was still there. His love was still there. His power to cleanse the stain from his life was still there. He hadn't rejected him. He hadn't thrown him out. Sure, he had had broke him. He had broke him. But hey, that's better than be banished. That's better than being banished. Trust him. The Holy Spirit lead and enable you to appropriate cleansing. That's what the Holy Spirit's role is, is to bring us to that place of purity and cleansing. Uh, Repentance is a term that should not and will not be forgotten at evangelism. Repentance. Repentance is a necessity, even for a seasoned person. David had to repent. He was God's man, known in the New Testament, right? He's a man after God's own heart. He repented. So, so repentance is a good thing. It's a good place to start. Second, the other next handicap I would mention is this. We get hampered by the ignorance of our minds. So I don't take that wrong. I'm not calling you ignorant. Please. But we, we, there are times when what we may know we ignore. Amen? I mean, we, we know this. We just ignore it. So it's not like you don't know. It's that you know and ignore you with me? You with me? So Romans 8, 27 says, And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So the Father, this is a short one. I'm just going to spend just a second here. The Father who knows the mind of the Spirit will share that knowledge with you as you wait on Him. So, so the Spirit will bring revelation to you. The Spirit's activity in your life in prayer is partly also not just to pray for you, but to reveal to you, to teach you things. And so you'll get, you, He'll show you what you know that you're being, you're trying to ignore, or that you may accidentally be ignoring, or that unintentionally be ignoring. He'll bring that to you. He'll remind you of it. His job is to bring to remembrance those things. So we need the Holy Spirit in our prayer life. We need him active in us. We, we'll get hampered by this ignorance of our mind, by, by, by ignoring the things we know. And the Holy Spirit will reveal those things to us and bring them to our mind. The Holy Spirit does this by imparting a real clear conviction that a petition is or not is or is not according to the will of God. So, so we're praying and we're saying something, and all of a sudden the Spirit says, mm, no, that's not what you need to pray. You need to pray this. Amen. And so that's his work. That's what he's doing in us to help us and guide us through this uh, reality of, of, of trying to pray the will of the Father. So the third handicap. Let me give it to you right quick. We're too often, and I don't, didn't really know how to write this one, so I wrote it this way. 
temporally, temporal, temporal. There's what? There's temporal and there's eternal. There's now and next. There's what God's got for us in heaven and there's the reality of what we're living in on earth. Amen? So we too often are temporally focused due to the, the weakness of our flesh. We're temporally focused due to the weakness of our flesh. Man, I need the Holy Ghost when that's happening. I don't just need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Sorry, that's a joke. <laughs> that's, a, that's an old joke. That's a King James. That's a, like whenever I was growing up kind of joke. Boy, I, we had evangelists come in. They'd preach about the Holy Ghost. Well, and that's fine. It's, I'm not making fun. I'm just saying that's what they called the Holy Spirit. I, I, I need that. I need that. I need something powerful to hit me whenever I'm, I'm in this moment where that the weakness of my flesh has handicapped me in my prayers. Say amen. amen. So what we recognize is this. So if I, if I wrote down this statement, English, please. <laughs> that means because we live here and have only lived here, it's really hard for us to see eternal things in the mortal, temporal reality of our flesh. Does that make sense? That's English of what I'm talking about. When we're tempor temporally focused, it means that I struggle to see how God could save Johnny, really. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I struggle to see how God could save Johnny. Don't you know Johnny? I mean, he lives down the street from you. Amen? I mean, I don't know Johnny. I'm just saying there's a Johnny that lives down your street. There's a Johnny that grew up around you, and you go, I tell you what, the day Johnny comes to church, we're going to have a time. Well, glory to God, I'm ready for a time, aren't you? I'm ready for a time. I think we all pray in, uh, under the direction of the God's Holy Spirit. Johnny ain't got no choice. Johnny's fishing to get in trouble. Johnny's fishing to get haunted and pursued and chased after and bothered at night and troubled at day. And Johnny's going to get to a point where he's going to get broke, as David did. And when Johnny gets broke, Johnny's going to have to find some answer to that. And who's he going to turn to? He's going to turn to the church. He's going to turn to the only hope. He's going to turn to the only ray and beacon of light. He's going to turn to the name of Jesus because that name is the name where the healing is and the hope is and the power is and the presence is. Come on, somebody. Just how serious are we about this? You're going to take, you got, you got, you got a Johnny. We all got a Johnny. We're going to pray for our Johnny before we leave here tonight. That's my plan. I'm getting us to a point here. We fixing to do warfare here in just a minute. We're going to agree on the power of God's Spirit being able to get to Johnny. We've got a little bit further to go. Let's get there. So the Holy Spirit's going to quicken your mortal body in response to your, our, your faith, and he'll enable you to rise sort of above the physical conditions of your life, the, the, the weakness of your flesh, to pray for and, and to pray for Johnny, pray to pray in faith, by faith, for, for the things that you don't see. 
pray to see the things you don't see. Amen. I preached, I don't know, I, I totally forgot I'd preached until Dr. K called me out on it the other day. Totally forgot. Miracles and messages. Totally forgot about it. I called him, how's it going? Oh, it's good. Miracles and messages, brother. <laughs> I immediately totally changed my perspective of what was going on. I immediately totally changed my perspective. All of a sudden, there's a miracle happening. What? Yeah, there's a miracle. It's messy, but it's a miracle. Amen? And I'm, I, boy, I swapped over. I moved around. I said, hey, hey, I'm getting over on this side over here. I'm on the miracle side. I ain't going to gloom and doom over here. I'm over on the miracle side now. It's time we pick a side. I had to be reminded of something I had preached. I mean, I, my memory's really short. I forgot yesterday already. I mean, it's totally gone. I don't remember. I barely remember what I preached this morning. I'm quick to just eh, never worry about me holding a grudge against you. I may not even remember your name in three days. I mean, it's not that I don't have a good brain. I'm just, I'm just not one. I wake up a brand new day. I may have a new name tomorrow. You can't never tell. <laughs> Debbie will tell it to you. Here's the whole point. Here's what I want you to see. John 14, 23 through 26. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and, they, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate, the comforter, the one that we're talking about tonight, when he sends the Holy Spirit, the representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I've told you. His job, he wants to do this, y'all. He wants to do this through you and through me and through all of us. One more thing. We have to overcome <clears throat> the subtle, subtle op opposition of Satan. I told you all this recently. Man, the devil, he, it's a slow process for him. I mean, it's a slow. He, he, y'all think he does. Y'all think, and y'all, we think that a disaster is the work of the devil. No, no. Disaster is going to be the, the miracle. I mean, yes, it's horrible. But if a miracle comes out of it, it's from God. <laughs> Thank you, Dale. We have to overcome this subtle opposition of Satan who works hard to oppress or depress, to create doubt or discouragement, to cause us to get all down and droopy and dumpy and before long forget the prayers, what changes all that, and the Spirit praying through us is what it's all about. The Holy Spirit's been given as a heavenly ally against a supernatural adversity, adversary, sorry. So our adversary, the devil, He's supernatural. He's spirit. He's out there. What do I do about that? I, I rely on the one who is in me 
who is the sphere and who makes up the atmosphere in that sphere that I'm walking in. And I have to rely on that Holy Spirit to call him out, to point him out, call him what he is. So how do we disarm our adversary? Only one thing, prayer. It's the only thing I can find in the scriptures, prayer. You say, well, I thought pleading the blood of Jesus, that's prayer. Come on. Let's not have a wrestling match right here. I mean, this isn't about terms. It's about realities. It's about the fact that I look at the devil and say, get behind me. Get behind me. That's prayer. I mean, anytime I'm communicating with an unseen, with something spiritual, it's me. It's the spirit praying through me. It's prayer. So, so I can pray going down the road. I can pray at work. I can pray in, in here and, and gather. Look, you know, why, you know why we call a prayer gathering? It's because I can call a prayer gathering at 8 a.m., but you're going to be sitting at your desk or at your job or maybe at home. You may not even be up. You're going to have to get up, whatever it is. My whole point is we gather because in the corporate setting, it's like throwing extra wood on the fire. We, 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 we build, we build off of that. And so, so, so prayer is spiritual warfare. Now we could, we could lay out a type of prayer that we would call spiritual warfare, but if you understand that prayer is spiritual, then anytime you pray, you've got an adversary that's against that prayer. So what is prayer? It's warfare. Yeah, I mean, it's us kicking the devil in the teeth. It's us telling him where he belongs and sending him back there. It's us being willing to face off. So, so Ephesians 6, 18 is how, 6, 10 through 18 is how we face off. You, I said one, one more thing, one more thing. So here's how, here's, how, here's how Paul said it, final words. I can just see him. He's writing, he's writing, he's writing. All of a sudden, he comes to this point and he goes, I got this final word. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. See, see he's got strategies. He just wrote this. We, we're supposed to stand against the strategy of the devil. His strategies. It, it puts it in a plural sense. He's trying to work every plan he can to keep us from reaching this community for Jesus Christ. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still, you will still be standing firm. Verse 14, stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, verse 15, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. 16, in addition to all this, hold on, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. In verse 17, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 18, pray in the spirit at all times. Well, I didn't even need to preach this. I should have just read that verse. <laughs> what am I thinking? I mean, he tells us. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. 
Well, you know, I'm a member of this small group that meets for this other church. I'm not sure they're Pentecostal. So when we pray, I'm just very quiet. I could ask Debbie to come up here. It's about right here. She's in a small group with another church. And who do they call to pray when they have problems? Yeah. And when they're in that circle and they got one that really needs prayer, the ones who pull of the spirit, do y'all be are y'all quiet? Nah. Nah. Man, you should hear this one woman that went to our church and she was called fire down. I'm talking about Holy Spirit language stuff, son. And shaking and crying. And I'm talking about she's full of the Holy Spirit. And you know what they do when they leave? We want her to pray for us again. Why? Because we, at all times and on every occasion, the Holy Spirit wants to flow through us. <laughs> pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So what does that mean? That means I, we can't let up praying for each other. Be persistent in praying in the Holy Spirit for one another. Praying and letting the Holy Spirit pray through us for all the believers everywhere. I, I, I was praying the other day. Totally hadn't thought about this since I went on. I went on a missions trip, took a team of men to uh, Nepal. <laughs> a, 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 a different kind of trip for me. Uh, I'm not one to go for long, but I ended up doing 10 days. It was the other side of the world, it felt like. And, um, man, the spiritual warfare, it was dreary, rainy most days. It was rough. I was, I was, I had, it took, it was hard for me to recover from that one, just physically and spiritually. But I was praying the other day, and all of a sudden, I thought of them, and I thought of a church service, and I thought of children that we had, uh, we had prayed over, and, and, and had a, we, that we dedicated in a service. And in this particular service, we were in a church service of two to three hundred people. This was the third one that morning at 10 o'clock. I'd never seen so many believers that I couldn't even know, didn't even know how to say hi to. <laughs> they give them a lot of acknowledgement. They give me coffee. <laughs> you know, so, so, so we're in, and what do they do in this particular service? They said, we, we want all of the, all of the team of pastors, the pastors and all the others to come up. We want y'all to pray and dedicate these children to the Lord. Dude, it crushed me that God would send me around the world to put my hand on a child and to pray that he serve the Lord, that he be dedicated to the Lord. And as I was praying the other day, I was reminded of that child and about those people. And I thought, oh, God. And for I don't know how long I prayed in the spirit because I had no idea what to pray. I just knew that it was on his heart and he put it in my soul. And I had to do something. Will I ever know? I don't know. Do I care? I belong to Jesus. That's what I care about. I just want to do what he wants me to do. Don't you? Don't you? And that, that's, that's what we're talking about right here. 
the power and authority delegated to me is by the victorious Christ. I mean, think about this. I'm united through faith in him, and so he's given me victory, and so I got this authority and power through the Holy Spirit. Paul, I mean, Peter, he's, he's always, man, I'm so much like him, I feel like. Uh, just always got something to say. Peter did. Amen? Always got something to say. Always, sometimes he didn't need to, but he did it. Except, you know, for the one minute when he shouldn't, he did exactly what Jesus said he'd do. He sealed up just like a well-meaning super guy, it seems like. He goes and pops off about what all is going to happen. So what did Jesus do? He looked down and said, ah, Peter, it's okay. No, he didn't. Get behind me, Satan. See, because that's what we're talking about. The Holy God, <laughs> the Lord's response to Peter's well-intentioned but presumptuous rebuke on him is, is the, the work. That's what, how the Spirit works in us. He sees the, he sees the backdrop. He sees the spiritual backflow and pressure. He sees and knows it. We see men around us bound in sin and captivity to the devil, but our concern in prayer shouldn't be only to pray for them. You know what we should be doing? We should be praying against Satan. You need to quit praying for people. You need to start binding the devil off of them. You need to let the Spirit pray through you and groanings that you don't even know what it means. You need to pray in English, and you need to pray against the power of your enemy the power of Satan that's got them bound in their thought, bound in their action, bound to a practice, bound to something other than the plan and the will of God that's holding them, something that's holding them captive. And you, 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 have to, you have to compel the devil to let go. You have to tell it. You have to press his hand. It's okay for you to press his hand in prayer. It's okay for you to say, you let go. You let go in the name of Jesus to release the grip that only, and that's, and that's not through your power. It's through the, through the power of the cross, the blood that's covered us, that, that Jesus sees us through, through, Father sees us through Christ, and he responds to that. So I'm just telling you, Jesus dealt with the cause rather than the effect. That's what I'm telling you. Jesus dealt with the cause. He didn't pat Peter on the back and say, oh, here's what's going on with you, Peter. No, he said, get behind Satan. He dealt with the cause. What made Peter do that? The devil, because he was trying to undermine what Jesus was working to accomplish. You and I can do the same thing in prayer. There's a real graphic illustration, uh, Jesus likening the, devil, likening the devil to a strong man in the Scripture, fully armed. Let me get a swallow back who kept his palace and his goods all together. He, he, he had it all. He, he, it, was all it, was, he, it was peaceful under his rule, but his rule was a bad rule. And before he could be kicked out or depossessed or uh, 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 
the captives released that were under his control, Jesus said, you got to first bind him and render him powerless. Right? Only then could you rescue the rescue be performed. Only then could you really get them out. So, so that's Matthew chapter 12. You'd find that in 28 and 29. So here's why I'm saying that. What does it mean to bind the strong man? It means, and this is my best definition, it means to neutralize his power by, 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 by drawing on, 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 the, on the, the power of, of Christ in you. You neutralize his power by drawing on the victorious Christ power and presence that manifests in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. You you overcome him through that power so that you can destroy. And one translation used the word destroy, nullify, render inoperative the works of the devil. Say all that, say this. We can't make the mistake of reversing God's order. Don't make the mistake. We don't make the mistake. We can't make the mistake of reversing the Lord's order and somehow expect to complete the rescue without first disarming the adversary. You go in against the devil, and if you're not doing it in the power of the Spirit and through the blood of Christ, you're probably not going to win. So I'm saying in prayer to you as prayer warriors, as people a part of a, a praying church, as people who want to see the miraculous, as people who believe that there is a river that's flowing in this place and it's a river that has power to set the captives free. I'm saying to anyone, that, let me give you his statement. It's in Luke 10, 19. He said this to his disciples who were weak at best. This is what Jesus said. Luke 10, 19. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk upon uh, among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. <laughs> Strong words. Nothing will injure you. So some of y'all know people. So here's where I was getting to. Some of y'all know people who scorpions and snakes and every other form of, of, of demonic activity that we could draw a face or create an image of, or an animal for, that they're under some kind of influence. They're captive to something. You know people. You have friends. You work with some folks. You may have family. There may Whoever it is is under the influence of the enemy. The devil has them captive, and he's a strong man in there. All I'm saying is tonight, I want you to change how you're praying. I want you to pray against Satan. I don't want you to pray for them. I want you to pray against Satan. I want you to press with me. I want us to push, pray until something happens. I want us to pray against what the enemy has designed and seems to be accomplishing in their life. Amen? So let's do this. Barry, come Please, please, amen. Stand with me. If you know someone that needs a miracle in their life, they need to be set free.
they may be saved and they're just not living like it. They may not be saved and they, if they need Jesus, that's even better. If you know someone, I want you to come stand across the front up here. We're just going to agree in the name of Jesus. We're going to use the phrase that Dr. K reminded me of, miracles and messages. I should let him preach that because I totally forgot it. But you know somebody that needs to have something happen in their life. And so what I want us to do tonight is this is sort of a, 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 a this is a, a planting moment. I've sown some seed into your heart about prayer and its power, its effect. Man, we've sown this word about prayer and praying in the spirit and how he wants to help you to press in, pray against Satan, believe God for something miraculous to happen in that person's life, which will be what? Jesus. Amen. It's going to be Jesus. That's what we're believing for. Jesus to show up. Hey, look, I don't care if Jesus shows up as a black truck driver. I don't care. Or a, or, or an Asian person. I don't, it, it, I'm just saying. It could, be a, it could be a corporate business owner. I don't care how Jesus shows up. I just want him to show up, don't you? Meaning, I don't care who he uses or what he uses to bring the message of the gospel to the reality of someone's heart that you know. We want him to do that. He may want to use us. He may 